Welcome back to the show. You're listening to Pork Therapy live from Pork Fest 2012. Lots of porks in here, I guess you could say. Uh, and the porcupine, of course, you know, a cute little cuddly animal, unofficial libertarian mascot, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, I'm very happy to be here doing a live show with Stefan Molyneux. And uh, why don't you say hello? Well, it's a real pleasure to be here. And I wanted to clarify for people who are listening in who are new, uh, Pork Fest is not a new stimulus package. Uh, it is, in fact, a libertarian movement. Uh, that a uh, libertarian show, a a show, is that the right gathering, a yeah, a convention, gathering. or something like that. And Meeting so, and there's the still minds. another day for people who want to come by. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, Pork Fest is a week-long event, but it, if you can only make it for a few days, it's definitely worth it, in my opinion. Anyway, so, and it's not a a, a bacon gathering either. There is no. a, some confusion about that Pork no. Fest. Uh, so Stefan has his own show, Free Domain Radio, which is I've been listening to for uh, quite a while, and it's been a great inspiration to me. So um, well, thank so, you. So thank you for what you do. Oh, I mean, it's, a, it's a real pleasure and it's a real honor. So um, mm -hmm. if you know all the good it does, such as that it does, is a real pleasure. So thank you for the feedback. Yeah, and um, so when you go to a, a place like Pork Fest, you know you must meet a lot of people that you've never met before. What do you? Uh, what are your impressions of like meeting your listeners and? Oh, I, I mean, without exception. Wonderful, mm -hmm. uh, uniformly wonderful. I mean, we do this kind of work a lot in isolation, yes. and you you push it out to wherever it's going, YouTube or or some podcast place or whatever. For you, it's live radio, and the feedback. You know, you get some feedback, some trolls, some nice people, some but but to actually meet someone that your work has had a pos such a positive impact on mm -hmm. uh, is really important. I mean, to remember that there's people on the end of what it is that you're doing who are mm -hmm. really listening and taking things seriously and implementing principles of, of ethics, virtue, and integrity in their own lives and following your struggles or my struggles, really, as I attempt to do the same. Uh, it's I, I've never met a listener I just don't want to give a big hug to and say thank you. So, I mean, coming right. here and meeting the listeners is it's, it's a really, really deep delight. It's one of the main reasons that I come. And also then it helps my daughter to understand that daddy's actually yelling at someone <laughs> rather than just up there in the room yelling, uh, because I think that's what she thinks I do for a living is just blah, at, at a microphone that isn't even hooked up to anything. So I think it's a relief for her in many ways. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah, and I, I can really relate to that. I mean, I find this kind of work, you know, just connecting with people who, who hear your show, it can be a one-sided relationship sometimes because they're hearing you, but you're not you don't know who's listening and who's out there and you don't know them necessarily but then you get to meet them at a place like this and it's it's just wonderful you you put a face to uh the the ether out there yeah and i think a lot of particularly listeners who've listened to me for a long time i think their impulse sometimes is to give me as much information in five minutes as i've given in five years and that <laughs> it actually comes out sort of somewhere between a fax and a mating call uh, and, Are they talking uh, like the Micro Machines guy? Yeah, know? they're just like, the okay, commercial? so Steph, uh, I was in the show in 2008, and 2009 did this, and 2008 did this, and, I had to, and it's just like, it's a really, I mean, it's a lot of information to absorb right at once, which I really appreciate, because mm -hmm. they, I get the impulse is to share back. They're excited. Yeah, right? and I, th I think it's, I mean, it's it's fantastic. Uh, so I right. really, really appreciate, uh, I, you know, always want to stop. People want to take photographs, and, and people, have, of course, they have cell phones now, which take a long time to take photographs. Mm -hmm. So it goes from a warm smile to a frozen zombie mind. Ask. Yeah. You know, in the time it takes, it's like, <laughs> click, there we go, that's what we want, good something my dentist would see. video here, because that expression was priceless. Oh, good. <laughs> well, if you want to freeze frame that, that will be my new logo. <laughs> so, um, you know, we're here at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and, you know, I've taken a lot from what you say about getting 
freedom now in your own life. Um, I mean, I know we're all in this liberty in your lifetime thing. Just like Jake was saying earlier, uh, you kind of can get liberty in your lifetime if you adjust certain things about your personal life, uh, what you have the most influence over in your day-to-day activities, like your relationships with other people, yeah. um, the degree to which you know yourself, and uh, lots of things you can control about your own happiness. So um, I want to ask you sort of what you think about the Free State Project. Is it necessary to move somewhere? Uh, could there be benefits to moving somewhere for freedom, or what do you think? I think if you can't find reasonable, intelligent, curious, philosophical people where you are, I think it is important. I mean, either lure them to where you are. Uh-huh. Uh, I recommend honey, bear traps, showing lots of leg. There's <laughs> lots of different things that you can do. Depends on the leg. Yeah. No, okay. You can do, not I can do. <laughs> leg of um, lamb. I would go for <laughs> that's that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, open barbecues, um, messages to UFOs, whatever it is that you can do to lure people oh, no. in, uh, I think is good. If you can't get any kind of social contact, the internet is great, and it's why yeah. we're kind of here, but it's no substitute in the end for real human contacts, you know, mm-hmm. eye-to-eye stuff and so on, particularly if, you, if you've if you mastered the habit, as I have, of not blinking when talking to people. <laughs> I mean, would you agree that there's a kind of intensity to that that is quite captivating? That was the Eventually, UFO I'll just start screaming <laughs> because my eyes are so dry. But that's something, if you just practice that in the mirror, there's some effects, webcams, but face-to-face, I think people have found that that's quite gripping. So um, I, I do think it's important to have people in your life that you meet on a regular basis that you can talk about. It's, it's a lonely life. Living a world sometimes yeah. in, a, in a world of integrity, in a world where you, you see an ethical reality that other people can't see, won't see, refuse to see, who knows. So I think try and you know put out the call, meet people uh, that you can face-to-face. And if you can't, yeah, I mean, I think that one thing I've always really liked about the Free State Project is uh, the incredible amount of heat and bugs that you can get. Uh, I don't just mean in your skin, just walking down the street, inhaling. Uh, it means you never have to order any food. It's just really vile. High in protein. High in protein. Yeah. And um, my wife's hair is like a slow protein supernova in the humidity, which is really quite <laughs> exciting. We actually needed three guys to get her through a doorway uh, because she's Ooh. from Greece. And so she obviously wants to come back. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I think meeting people face to face, the great thing about the Free State Project is there's a thousand people here who are in the same spectrum. Yeah. Of, of belief. And, you know, you're not going to get along equally with all thousand, but you've got a heck of a lot more odds than the random people that you meet. And sure. also, the, the yeah. last thing I'll say mm-hmm. for once uh, is, um, you know, w- when you're in school, you meet people, right? And and maybe a little bit at work when you meet people, but certainly I found when you, you get married and have kids and so on, it's tougher to meet new people. Um, I mean, you can trail them, but you just get, a, you know, a lot of pepper spray some phone calls, oh uh, that kind of stuff. <laughs> but uh, if you meet people of sort of like-minded philosophy and you can meet them, you have a really common grounding and a great basis, I think, for a really productive relationship. So, yeah, you're going to share some values. Yeah, you don't have to hide stuff. Yes. You know, you don't have to be like uh, philosophy or, or virtue, that it doesn't have to be like the slutty mistress you keep bundled up in some motel somewhere. Oh, my. Or the gimp in the basement of that Tarantino movie, you know. Would you like to come into the vault and see my ethics? <laughs> you know, it comes out in a leather-bound costume. We can talk about that a little more later. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but or perhaps right. I'll just demonstrate it. But, but that's what I like about the Free State Project is, is mm-hmm. you can really, like, I, I meet people and I have a lot in common already with people and I just don't have to pretend, like, I don't have to test waters with people. Oh, sure. I, and it sh- I mean, ideas about peace and volunteerism are, are never something that, that one should be ashamed of, right? I mean, not something you should hide. No, um, you're not from Canada. 
Uh, uh, yeah. So your I, philosophy isn't perceived as you want to grind up ill people and have them on a Vegemite sandwich. Uh, so it's a bit of a different thing. Uh, you know, if you're an atheist as well, that can be a bit of a challenge. So, uh, in fact, I think I did a video a while back, uh, Hatred of Atheists, where the statistics are that atheists are the most feared and hated group. You know, it's like, whoa, Satan is moving in next door. About Thank as trusted, God they're not atheists. Yeah, about as trusted as cannibals, ra- rapists, right? Cannibals, great, <laughs> because I can always point them at Joe Marinade down the road, but... Those atheists. So it it is a challenge, but it, you know when you come here, at least you know people may not be atheists, but they're free thinkers enough to the point where it's not a big stickler, if that if that makes any sense. So I really sure. like coming here and not feeling like I have to okay, okay, can I talk about this a little bit, push this a little bit, you know, yeah. you know, you can just talk, I think, openly, and I think that's a real relief. I mean, I think we need mm-hmm. that socially. Well, I was about to say, I mean, even within the Free State Project, like. There are a lot of people who share many of my values, probably more than the quote outside world or, or, the or models, your average. We can use that phrase. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but you know, not everybody is a hundred percent, of course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, look, right. I mean, and nobody is a hundred percent. No. Like people say to me, well, what do you do with people you disagree with? It's like. I disagree with myself all the time. You always have these debates in your head about the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do or whether it's good to approach things this way or that way. I'm constantly changing my mind about what is right and what is wrong. So I think that that's essential. I mean, we -hmm. need that in our relationships because we have that in our relationship with ourselves, I think. Stefan, I'd like if you could, uh, would you hang with me for one more? Well, twist my arm. All right. I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is Pork Therapy live from Porkfest 2012. There's more coming up. Uh, Stick around. of Pork Therapy live from Porcupine Freedom Festival 2012, and I'm so glad that you've joined me. My name is Stephanie. I'm sitting here with uh, Stefan Molyneux. That's right. We cannot be on a first-syllable basis because right, it would absolutely be confusing Steph to everyone. Steph and Steph. Yeah. Well, Steph, what do you think about this? I don't know, Steph. What about yeah, and if we get Steph Kinsella on, it'll be like who's oh, on first right, for yeah. about an hour, and that nobody wants to hear that. You know, that might be entertaining sometime. <laughs> absolutely. To, when we're really stretching the, 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 uh, the definition of the word entertaining, we should give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so just a couple of business things. Um, porktherapy.com is my website, P-O-R-C-therapy.com. I give away all the archives of my shows for free. And the show is on every Friday night, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. on the Liberty Radio Network. So catch me live or catch me on the podcast, whatever you prefer. And I thank you so much for listening. And if you like the show, I I always appreciate if you share it with your friends. So, um, Steph, I wanted to... (laughs) (laughs) We've blown it already. Next. (laughs) Hey, you over there. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about atheism. Because this is something that I think about a lot, talk about a lot. Personally, um, where I started out on my journey um, to liberty or to greater freedom or whatever, I think everyone's born as a, you know, an anarchist and an atheist, but they have to sort of be, or they don't have to, but they are sort of um, led away from that or indoctrinated away from that, and then maybe they, they, they come back to it over time as they're able to free their minds. Um, so for me, I started out questioning religion, you know, a- around age 12, 13, 14, and it led me to actually, uh, I was looking at atheist websites back in the AOL days of the early 90s, and uh, it led me to some um, sort of liberty-oriented websites, and that's kind of how I found out, out about liberty. And so the two were always very closely related to me. Um, you know, uh, over over the years, I've, I don't know, I kind of refined my views a little bit more, and, you know, I consider myself a strong atheist, of course. Um, but I think it's so important not just to question the state, 
but also to question um, things, other mechanisms of control, sort of like religion and certain social norms. And so I'm wondering if you could just speak to that a little bit. You mentioned a little bit about atheists in the last segment, how they're distrusted and I think this all relates, but I think it's I think we're onto something really important because, you know, if you're believing in magical beings, if if you're not questioning superstition, if you don't have that that foundation of sort of logical clarity and consistency, um, then then how are you going to be free? How free are you? Well, I mean, there's there's two entities that have traditionally owned ethics. Yep. And I mean, I think we all get that ethics is really important. We we can't imagine a society where nobody's ethical, right? And so, the the state and God have traditionally owned ethics. And so, one of the things that's happened throughout history, I actually just gave a speech on this in Brazil, which is not out yet, but so I just touched on it briefly here. But it's sort of like you got this balloon, and you push one end in, and the other end bulges out. And so, what happens is you can see this in history. There's this pendulum that swings back and forth. And so think of when you have, and this is true of, of think of Republicans and Democrats. So mm -hmm. Republicans tend to be smaller government, more God, and, you know, the secular <laughs> godless Democrats are less God, more government. And mm -hmm. that's because you need this ethics. And if you take away God, you need more of the state. And if you take away more of the state, you need more of God, because people just feel that that ethical container just has to be kept filled. And, and But mm -hmm. the strong atheists who are anarchists, it's really tough for people to conceive of, right? So you could go from, uh, say, uh, uh, Christianity to communism because y communism is explicitly atheist, but you've built up this massive state which is supposed to take care of your ethics. Sure. But if you take away the state, as an anarchist does or as a libertarian does, there's a tendency to want to backfill it in with religion because we have not solved the problem of ethics without gods and without governments, which means fundamentally without threats and punishment. Right, well, without jail exactly. or hell. Do you think it's about fear, because or fear that that there won't be order without some kind of? Oh, I think it's. Sorry to interrupt. No, I please. think as, as a parent, you you get these questions. Mm -hmm. You're like, my daughter is going through a lying phase. At least I think she is. I don't know. I can't tell, because she's really good at it. <laughs> but, but she's going through a phase where she's experimenting with lying. She doesn't like her teeth getting brushed, so I ask her, "Did Mama brush your teeth?" And she'll say. Like, yes, I mean, smiles, innocence, it's beautiful, it's perfect, you can bottle that, you get away with any crime or be a politician, but I repeat myself. And, and so she is going to ask, well, why is lying wrong? It's a great question. Mm -hmm. You know, philosophers, I think, have done a really bad job of answering that. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so religion will say, because you go to hell. That's not an answer. That's just a threat. <laughs> yeah. A threat is not philosophy. A threat yeah. is the absence of an answer. Whenever I mean, you, you threaten someone with jail or with hell, you, it's because you don't have an answer. Because it's illegal. Well, that's not an answer. <laughs> I mean, that's begging the question. Right. So I think I think parents have this really big difficulty answering these ba like, why shouldn't you lie? Because it hurts my feelings. Well, that's not an answer either, right? That's like I'll be sad is not a philosophical answer. And so I think that philosophers have not done a good enough and hard enough job trying to find a way to prove ethics without the state and without God. Until we do that, I think people are just going to be drawn back into the vacuum of the lack of ethics to some agency that's going to threaten on their behalf, whether it's God or the state, to get people to be good. So I think we've got to really work this way. I've spent so much time working on a theory of ethics that doesn't need God, in fact, won't work with God, and explicitly rejects the state. So we have an answer that doesn't draw us back into these two paradigms, which are so dangerous. Well, and you also spend a lot of time, and you're not the only one either, but you spend a lot of time working on trying to help people uh, realize that they don't have to raise their children in an environment where they're constantly surrounded by authoritarianism. Mm -hmm. And, of course, when you grow up in a place like that, it's like no wonder people accept the state or God or all these threats of punishment. 
uh, it's because that's what they're used to, right? Yeah, and I mean, I was asked by, because uh, I gave the, somewhat of the speech to, to this Brazilian crew, and they're, of course, quite religious in, in Brazil. Of course, Catholicism sure. is very strong. And so they asked, well, but the state, we understand, is not, is not voluntary, but religion is voluntary. And, well, and it's true. It's not a gun, but it is a metaphysical threat, which is worse than a gun, right? So you don't sure. have to actually put a gun at somebody. You just have to threaten, right? And hell is a worse threat than murder. Because murder, you're dead. Threat is uh, hell is forever. <laughs> and so, if you are going to, if you want uh, people to to be good in a religious paradigm, it's not all religions, but the tendency is you are going to threaten some sort of supernatural punishment, whether it's hell itself or not getting into heaven mm-hmm. and being with your grandma or whatever, right? I mean, then or going to limbo or something. Um, you are ending up threatening someone, and and people don't understand that when you threaten someone, it is a clear sign that you need an answer that you don't have. And it's a desperate thing to overwhelm your lack of knowledge and to overwhelm the genuine questions of children with threats. Yeah. It cuts us off from real answers because then we think we have an answer when we don't. And there's nothing more dangerous than thinking you have an answer when you don't because you stop looking. Sure. And then, you know, an entire generation or, you know, people grow up without their sort of critical thinking abilities intact, and that affects all aspects of their lives. And then when they become adults and they are threatened by the state, it fits. It fits, It exactly. fits the mental template. And yes. if they then say, well, I'm no longer religious, they then tend to become more statist mm-hmm. because they still have that paradigm because of a, lack, a lack of an answer is supposedly solved by threats of punishment, and until we can break that paradigm, which means the parents have to say, you know what, I don't actually know why you shouldn't lie. But but let's think about it. Mm-hmm. Let's really try and reason it out. I mm-hmm. don't know why you shouldn't push that kid over and steal his stuff. Mm-hmm. I know it's important. I, I don't know. But but we've got to sit down and try and figure this out as a culture and, and go through that exquisite agony of not having an answer to our children mm-hmm. or accepting that we don't have a good answer to our children as to why. Because you say, that well, you shouldn't, take that, yeah, you shouldn't take that kid's toy because he'll feel bad. The kid says, well, it makes me feel good to take it. So mm-hmm. feelings are what goes, then I'll just take it because I feel good. And so if you feel bad, I'll, it's you know it's still even out because he's sad and I'm happy. Sure. So you know he's minus two and I'm plus two. Yay! You know we're back to where we started and I've got the toy. So we we have these you know well I lie because I don't want to brush my teeth and and you know why shouldn't you lie? Well, yeah you know <laughs> and so I think we've got to just recognize we don't have good answers for these things. We need to examine answers and we need to recognize that threats of punishment, jail and hell are really the worst it's worse than having no answers because it's just threats it it stops us from exploring what we need to yeah. and it creates a template of authoritarianism punishment that follows kids all the way to the grave yeah well said and one last question before we're almost out of time but um you know i see a lot of people who who maybe um, would describe themselves as liberty lovers or even anarchists who who are kind of coming at it from a, a reactionary um uh, angle and what i mean by that is they're they're kind of just simply anti-authoritarian, you know, and so authoritarianism can have that sort of consequence too, where people end up arriving at liberty, but, um, you know, maybe there are some things that are kind of kind out of place. And, and Authority is a very good thing. I think Michael Bakunin said it very well. He said, people say, I reject authority nonsense. When it comes to the sh- making of my shoes, I defer to the authority of the shoemaker. Mm. I mean, authority can be very good. I, you know, in my parenting, which I think is really the, the essence of what we need to work on, I try to view myself as a resource to my daughter. 
you know, as, as somebody who I don't have authority over her, but I am a resource to her, and I need to continue to make my case and explain why things are important and why things should be done or not be done and be open to, to changing based on her opinion. If I'm a resource, and I, I felt this as a manager in, in the uh, business world as well, to my employees, I was not an authority. I was a resource to them that hopefully was going to make their day easier and better, and that's why they didn't mind me getting paid more. Like, they would pay me themselves if they could. Mm -hmm. And so if we view ourselves, those of us who have knowledge and wisdom, as a resource, we set up a fundamentally anti-statist and anti-religious paradigm that will benefit everyone, I think. What a great note to end off the live show of Pork Therapy, Porkfest 2012 on. Stefan, your website is freedomainradio.com. Oh, Thank you very much. My website is porktherapy.com, P-O-R-C therapy.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. We'll be back with an after show, too.